So two nuggets before we get to some of your feedback to wrap up the fast lane. One, Liberty Basketball. Tonight, five-point favorite at New Mexico State. I love these 9 o'clock Eastern tip-off games. I'm saying that totally tongue-in-cheek. I I can't stand them, but I get it. This one at least makes sense. It's not an East Coast game. It's played a couple of time zones away, so I can at least get behind that. Uh, If you're wondering, by the way, five-point favorite Liberty, but our guy Kenny White would recommend taking that number up to eight if you see it somewhere else. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Here's another one. Ben Simmons is out for the Nets-Suns game. After suffering a knee, or was out for the Nets Suns game last night, after suffering a knee contusion a couple of nights ago, and he just made his season debut on Monday after missing two months. So, for as much frustration as I directed Joel Embiid and his lack of fitness and how he embodies the process, believe it or not, Ben Simmons is actually, wait for it, worse. Way worse. Than that. Way worse. At least Joel Embiid tries to play. And he's an, like, an actual elite basketball player. Like, let's be real here. Like, he is a top five player in the world. It's just, he has had, he has been surrounded by and has played some of the worst playoff players we've ever seen. Cough, Ben Simmons, and James Harden. And has also underperformed drastically in the playoffs. I agree with that. Um, but to an extent. But there's also preparing your own body with Joel Embiid. Some some teams just need closers. What did give Philadelphia the most success when they made a run and were, what, like two bounces from making the Eastern Conference Finals if Kawhi just, you know, the shot gets, you know, a little bit to the left? Is uh, they had a closer, and that closer's name was Jimmy Butler, who's now in Miami. Okay, I, I get that, and yes, we all know they should have kept Jimmy Butler Some around. teams need that. Like, I think if you look at Milwaukee, like... A big reason why they brought Dame in is because Dame can close basketball games for them. They didn't really... Like, Chris Middleton was expected to be their closer and was for their finals run, but because of injury, he just can't be that anymore. And then, you know, you could argue the best closer in basketball is Damian Lillard, and that helps a lot. And that's not to take away from Giannis's greatness. It's just Giannis's weaknesses are, what, making free throws? And that you need that from someone who, you know, late in games. You do, and I've always bemoaned the criticism, so I've always been okay with the hack-a-shack strategy, although you can, you know, obviously Shaq's not playing, so you just bring it to a different player. Foul the bad free-throw shooter and make them beat you at the line. The novel concept is get better at shooting free-throws, and if the free-throw shooter's only option is the granny shot, you know what I'm talking about, by the way. It's the old-school term for it. If it's politically incorrect, we apologize in advance, but whatever. The granny shot is the take the ball between your legs and underhand throw it up toward the rim and it's not it doesn't have any street appeal but the Rick Barry hey you know what here's my take on it foul the guy if they're a bad free throw shooter and let them determine whether they're willing to sacrifice street cred to get the win or they want to look good and lose as the old white man can't jump phrase was and and, you know we might want to have to get that one ready at some point you'd rather look good and lose than look bad and win which is true in a lot of cases you know what? Here's the thing. I, I get it. There are people that are, oh, it's a disgrace. You should out all the hack shack No, you shouldn't. Adjust your strategy. Get better at shooting free throws. That's part of it. Uh, speaking of adjusting strategies, Drew, yes, our guy, the tutor, do you really think that ESPN is the one that influences what the SEC does for their expansion and that he, they will really be able to tell Greg Sankey what to do as opposed to Greg Sankey being able to stick the middle finger up to ESPN if... 
he doesn't like their ideas and suggestions. So I, I will answer that question with this. In terms of the full ability, Greg Sankey could absolutely stick a middle finger to ESPN. Now, will he keep his job very long if he does that? No. Because the schools that are in charge of his power and making sure he has, as our girl Melissa McCarthy reminds us from that Saturday Night Live skit, Lots of power. they want to make sure that he acts in their best interest. And if there ever came a time where a majority of schools in the SEC, we'll just throw them out there, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, those eight right there. And you say, hey, Tennessee, we'll put nine in that category. Where ESPN says, hey, those are the biggest brands. We want to keep those, but we're fine getting rid of schools like Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri, Mississippi State, schools that just don't bring us much at all. Do you really think that that wouldn't come? Especially, I might add, if the NFL gets in bed with ESPN and starts to own them. So consider that if you're going to go down that route of criticizing the direction. It's the same thing with the ESPN ACC contract. Okay, yes, Jim Phillips could stick a finger up at the ESPN executives theoretically and say, bleep you, I'm not doing what you want to do. But if they told him, hey, by adding these schools, and if you get to a certain point, subtracting others when the market dynamics may change again, if it ever does, which it will, if it ever does before 2036, then yeah, that, that could absolutely happen. Speaking of that conversation, by the way, less ads. I'm old school. I've always loved the ACC since childhood. Such great memories in football and basketball. I was skeptical when teams like Pitt, Syracuse, and Miami joined the ACC. But now SMU, Cal, and Stanford? This is ridiculous. Just think of the travel. Money has taken over the NCAA, and it's ruining the game. They say the ACC will gain $72 million from this process. Just my opinion. Would love to hear yours. So, uh, thank you, by the way, and we always appreciate Les and everybody who chimes in, Fast Lane, Ed Lane, or Trey Lyle VT on our socials. Um, obviously, it's all about, in the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. That's making those decisions. I- I'll look at the schools that Les mentioned. Pitt, Syracuse, Miami, SMU, Cal, and Stanford. Two, maybe three out of that bunch really care about football. As far as driving interest and fandom. Miami doesn't have the fandom, but when they're good, they are a major draw, and they have continued to be that. They are a big enough brand, so I'll put them in that category despite the fact that their stadium is like 45 minutes from campus, and it's kind of ridiculous because nobody shows up to their games. SMU is the other one. The old quote that came out when they left to join the ACC, and they had to realize that for nine years, they were going to have to fund their own athletic department because they were not going to take any money. They did not care. They didn't. The they, best quote, the best quote from the athletic was from these boosters who were said who basically said, Yeah, we're from the Highland Park part of Dallas, Texas, the Ritzy part where both Clayton Kershaw and Mike Matthew Stafford's families uh, live and, and grew up. And they said, When you're worth a few billion dollars, what's a couple hundred million? Just go watch the Pony Express and you can understand. You hundred percent will. What, now why SMU uh, can do what they're doing. Now, the, the ones that, that scratch my head for the ACC are Stanford and Cal. I, I've got a buddy of mine who lives out in the Bay Area and says th- this does not resonate at all with anybody out there. And then he furthered that by adding, you know, and we've discussed this as well, but 
Boston College doesn't do much for that market. I've told the story of somebody once upon a time saying, hey, get a columnist on from Boston to talk BC and other Boston sports. And they're like, we don't cover BC. And we did the same thing in Pitt. Reach out to a Pittsburgh columnist about talking Pitt Panthers and they can talk Steelers and Penguins and Pirates. And they're like, yeah, we don't really cover Pitt Panther football. That's separate. That tells you what you need to know about this. It's the reality of our setup in the world. So yes, the ACC gained $72 million, but remember this as well. They have to split that amongst all of the other schools in their conference. So it's not a big bump, relatively speaking. It's not $72 million extra per school per year that gets them to competitive levels with the Big Ten and the SEC. And that's why Florida State has the gripe they do. Keep your feedback coming. We've got plenty more. We'll try to get to it possibly tomorrow in the fast lane. Plus, Dave Walls and Ian Eagle slated to join us on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.